Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the WFI Extra Podcast. Uh, tonight we're just going to continue our series on the world 11 of our lifetime and joining us on the pod tonight we have three excellent guests. I'm sure it will be a lively debate um, given the age ranges this time. Um, second in the series, the third is going to be recorded in a couple of days time to finish the series off. But without further ado, uh, let's get into the panel and who we have tonight. First up, a lady who needs no introduction, they even gave her her own podcast. I don't know who did it, but there you go. It is the host of the wonderful Nina Kaiser show, who I call all the time and bust her head. So it was seemed only fair that I, br- I bring her on WFI and let her bust my head. <laughs> How are you this evening, Miss Kaiser? All well with you? All well, yes. I, I fully uh, intend to be an absolute nightmare for you today. Well, let's say you've plenty of credit in the bank because, you know, you, you record the Northern Ireland pod for us and you, you, you tolerate me on your show. So let's say for a change, I'm going to have to tolerate you. <laughs> <laughs> Through the, yeah, grit your teeth and bear it. But yeah, I look forward to this one. Really excited. No, you're very welcome at WFI. I'm delighted to have you on. And second up, the host of the Red Room podcast. Again, a podcast throughout the year that I've been lucky enough to be on. Uh, and the first time on WFI, we have Andy Wales. How are you, Andy? The excesses of Christmas still hanging in there? Or are you over it? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm drinking uh, beer brewed by Belgian monks. And I'm going to be talking about some of the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. So uh, things are pretty good. As opposed to me who drinks glorified water made by Brazilian idiots. Well, now I know why uh, Belgian monks take a vow of silence. It's just a permanent hangover. <laughs> and that sounds about perfect to me. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh, a, a man we've been trying to get on WFI for, for such a long time, an old whiz with the stats and whatnot, Mr. Joseph Cousins from London Town. How are you, Joseph? You're very welcome to uh, WFI. Hi Dave, how you doing man? Nice to be on. Um, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. I've been picking World Elevens um, going back decades now, so ever since primary school. So yeah, really looking forward to um, to, to, to getting cracking with, with with the team. 
Well, you're very welcome. Listen, without further ado, we're going to crack on in with the managers of the team to start with. Uh, and let's see, ladies first. Over to Nina. Who did you pick for you to, to manage your World Eleven? Well, see what I mean? This is the difficult thing because these guys are really going to pull out some absolute crackers, you know, because they have age over beauty on me. And, I was and if you do say Brendan Rodgers, if you do say <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, I threatened it on the last podcast. I'm not podcast. that young, people. I'm not that young. <laughs> Luckily, I do have some mileage on me. And I was thinking about, you know, truly some of the great managers that I've kind of seen. And for me, the manager that I absolutely adored and loved was Marcello Lippi. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. I thought the job that he did at Juventus, you know, he took them to four Champions League finals. Unfortunately, only won one. He he, he took them, uh, you know, three years on the bounce to a final and they only won one uh, back in 96. Let's not forget just the amazing, tremendous stuff that he did with Juventus in Serie A. And he's a World Cup winner. You know, he took that injured team, that ego-driven Italian team and it's no easy task and he made them world champions in 2006 the guy for me was just iconic he was phenomenal he was like in that era for me as well around about 98 um time he was like on par with Fergie in terms of old head but he was just such a cool calm customer on that touchline and so iconic with that cigar constantly smoking that cigar for me he's just the the epitome of a cool manager no, indeed, and and you know, I've 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 had to, to give Alex Ferguson the last pod um, praise through graded teeth. I, I must admit when he when he was selected, but but Lippi was a great manager as well, uh, without a doubt. And and surprising, none of the guys have picked up until now because his record is absolutely exemplary. Uh, Andy, for you, who 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 did you pick for your for, for your manager? It's a tough one. Um, I mean, to be quite frank. The greatest manager that I've seen, uh, witnessed really, is is uh, Bob Paisley. I, I just the guy was just a footballing genius, and I don't think he's ever given anywhere near the credit he deserves in terms of his football knowledge. But um, I believe we're we're not really uh, allowed to dwell on the Liverpool side of things. So if I'm going to go outside of LFC. I think no, no, no. My my, my own's Bob Paisley um, as well. Yeah, and um, and I I think your choice is absolutely spot on. Personally, because yeah. to be honest, the well, the only other candidate I could I could go to really would have been Renus Michels, just because the guy is is just so fundamental in not just the the, the amazing football that was played by by Holland and Barcelona in the seventies, eighties, but the Barcelona now he is. He is the founding, you know, the architect of of the Barcelona of Guardiola because he was the guy that created it and and brought it in. That Cruyff took on and then Guardiola took on. You know, th- this this is the man who, who you know who's almost is the founding father of the most amazing modern football that we've ever seen in our lives. So, you know, it's he's the only other candidate, but. I, I just I just have to go with Paisley because I just thought that for me the guy is just an absolute genius. He is he's just so smart. He's you know you could go back you go back through his record of the players he signed. Very 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 few uh, signings that he made didn't turn out. You know they didn't work out in some way. He just he just had this knack of picking players or, or developing players or turn you know take, even taking. You know, Alan Kennedy, 
uh, sorry, Ray Kennedy, who was a striker, turned him into a wide midfielder. He spotted these little things in players. He had that, you know, going back to, he's done every job through the club, adored the club, the club adored him. He, you know, he could he could tell what an injury a player had just walking along the uh, walking walking along a corridor. He had he had such a natural feel for the game and the tactics and everything on the pitch. For me, the guy, like I said, he just does not get the credit he deserves. He was he was a natural, an absolute natural at the game. And uh, Andy, Andy, would you feel you, you know? Uh, certainly, I, I know Liverpool's close to all our hearts, but. You know, he's forever in the shadow of Shankly. You know, Liverpool is the team that Shankly built, and that's and that is, you know, the ode basically to everything. But yeah. considering what Paisley, you know, okay, Shankly had set that all up and innovated the club, but it was Paisley who drove it home. You know, he brought the European yeah. Cups. He he kept the success going, and he had about him a real, you know, and, and I chose him as well, Andy, and this is why I'm speaking about it. He's just a humble man, and you imagine him very different, obviously. To, to the managers of the day and so on. He, he just had a connection with them. As you rightly said, he bought players who weren't greatly fancied and turned them, he saw things in them and just turned them around. He, he, he's a one-off. And if you consider how long it took for, for his record of back-to-back European Cups to be matched, I think that is testament alone to Bob Paisley. Yeah, it, it just his, his, his ratio of trophies to the number of years he was managing... It's it's just unprecedented, I think. Really, probably even to this day, he he did. Yeah, yeah. Bill Shankly, you know, put the foundations, built the club up from almost nothing, and laid the you know laid these foundations. But Bob Paisley took took things on. He took them on another step, two steps even, and and you know took Liverpool from being you know one of one of sort of four or five of the best teams that kind of shared the honours to being the only team. You know, who just trampled over all the rivals? It's just absolutely incredible what he did, and like I say, I I think he's he's a most natural, naturally gifted mind in football, and has never really been given. I think in the you know in wider terms, the credit that he deserves for uh, just for how good he was. No, indeed. And, and over to Joe. Sorry to keep you waiting, Joe. Uh, we're sort of wax lurking right. about one of our own, you know. You, know how it is. Uh, you, you, have, you have to, don't you? Bob Paisley. You, you're yeah, Bob as well? No, 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 no. No, I was saying you, you, you have to wax. If you're going to wax a little crow about anyone, you wax a little crow about Bob, you know. Um, but um, no, I, I've, gone, I've gone for someone else. Um, I've gone for an Englishman, so another Englishman. Um, and I, I've actually, I'm going to pick a, a manager and an assistant manager, um, both English. Can you guess um, who that is? It has to be Clough and Taylor then, wouldn't it? That's that's the one. That's the one. Um, <laughs> Excellent choice. The, the, reason I've, the reason I've gone for them is just, just the overachievement. Um, going to Derby County, who were, you know, in the depths of the second division at the time, getting them promoted, winning the league title, and actually getting to the semi-finals of the European Cup, where they were notoriously robbed against Juventus in, in, in the semi-final. And then to show that it wasn't a fluke, he went to Nottingham Forest and actually and won the league for, with Nottingham Forest and actually won the European Cup with Forest as well. Um, that's, I, I just think that's, that's an amazing feat, really. Um, and, you know, he, he played football, you know, the, the way I like it to be played, the passing along the ground uh, and all the rest of it. In a time, you know, in, in, in Britain where... The pitches were muddy. 
most teams were knocking it long. Even Liverpool at the time were more of a, a sort of a, a functional team rather than a sort of a, a, a passing team. So um, I would I, I would go with Clough. And if you're going to go with Clough, you, you need to pick you need to go with Taylor because I think the two went hand in hand. Um, oh, yeah, the, the only definitely time, a double act. Yeah, definitely a double act. Um, you know, t- um, Clough, actually, Clough doing the managing and Taylor actually doing the the, the coaching. <laughs> so they would be they would be my choices, and I'm sure he would have had plenty to say as well. Old Cluffy was never behind the door, but that that was some oh, Nottingham yeah. Forest team, some Nottingham Forest yeah. team he used to have. And Martin O'Neill, Gary Bertles, oh God, you know uh, John Robertson, who else was there? Oh, Stuart Pearce was there in his day. Like he he had an eye for a player as well. Did did, did old Cluffy, uh, and, and he knew how to use them. So let, let, let's move on. I'll stick with you, Joe. Um, who, who are your fullbacks yeah. and, and why? Are you supposed to go with the goalkeeper? Oh, of course, a goalkeeper. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> Sorry. I'll do that again. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> we don't need goalkeeper. My, my defence is so good, I don't need a goalkeeper. I don't need a manager. I don't need a keeper. Just, just give me 10 players. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry, I'll stick with you, Joe. And, and who is your keeper for your team? All right, I'm going to go with um, well, there's a see, there's a few, there's a number of goalkeepers I went with and crossed them out and wrote another goalkeeper and crossed them out because I set myself more of a strict criteria than I think is it are the rules. So I didn't go for players just that was in my lifetime. So I was born in 1977, so I didn't pick I didn't pick players that were just played like sort of um, since that year. What I did was I picked players who I saw play. I either saw a play or saw lots of video footage on, you know, so I could sort of make an informed decision rather than going from, from hearsay. So in terms of goalkeeper, I've gone with Peter Schmeichel. Um, just the best goalkeeper I've, I've actually seen play, um, sort of week in, week out, uh, mostly on the telly. I've seen him a, a few times live. Um, you know, an all-rounder, very good at distributing the ball. Used to be brilliant at actually picking it up and throwing it to the to the wings, either Giggs or Beckham, and then creating goals from from that sort of that sort of thing. He's probably the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Sort of when a striker is one on one with him, that the the star shaped jump that he used to do, um, um, to, to 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 block shots and what have you. Very difficult goalkeeper to to actually to to get round, to run round or 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 to sort of to to chip or or place the ball left and right along the floor. Um, and he, he'd pull off worldy saves. So Man United would be on top um, in matches and then the other team would get one chance and he'd pull off a great save. I think one one performance that sticks out was when, in the, I think it was the 95-96 season where Newcastle were all over United. Newcastle were top of the league at the time and I think about six points clear and they were battering United, battering them, battering them. So many shots on target, and Schmack was pulling off worldy save after worldy save, and then eventually, I think Cantona scored the winner, and United won, and they never looked back. They went on to win the title. That sort of summed up his performance. I think he won them a lot of league titles over the years. Um, you know, people sort of focus on the likes of Cantona and Roy Keane and and Ronaldo and Van Nistelrooy and all these great players that they've had o- o- over the years. But I think I think um, a big key to their their success. It, Especially in their initial title successes were down to Peter Schmeichel. So he's my he's my keeper. No, and you know what? In the last part, I passed a comment. 
He used to be worth six points to, to United at the start of the season over everybody else. He was that good. And I say that through very, very graded teeth. <laughs> uh, but, but there's no doubt about it. He commanded this area. He, he commanded his back four. Like, you, you wouldn't want to make a mistake um, in front of him because he was vocal. He was everything you wanted in a goalkeeper. Uh, Nina, for you, who did you go for? Something similar, perhaps? Well, it's quite funny because I had a quite a similar criteria to um, uh, Joe... Cousy over there. I mean, I was born in 85 and I kind of set myself the agenda of picking players that weren't in my lifetime, but players that I've seen play. And I started watching football around about 96. That's when I became a Liverpool fan. Started watching foreign football from 98 onwards. So that was my criteria. And um, I kind of went with players that I... And I didn't want to go to world footage as well because there are great players that were way before my era that I've seen on footage, but I couldn't add them for that reason because I've never seen them play live on television or live in the flesh or anything like that. So all that was um, eliminated. And again, like Cozy, there were so many shouts for great goalkeepers. Schmeichel was a, a good shout. Um, I also looked at Oliver Kahn. I thought he was absolutely exceptional. I even looked at um, Canizar as he played for Valencia, who I thought was massively underrated, but such a solid pair of hands. The keeper that I went for, and I, again, I kind of cheated a little here because he still plays, is Gigi Buffon. And I really didn't want to add him because he still plays. But for me, at the age of 37, he's still playing top-level football. I remember him as a as a 17-year-old in his Parma days. And he really challenged the mould of Italian goalkeepers because before him, they were all great shot stoppers. Like Toldo was a great shot stopper. And then Gigi Buffon comes onto the scene. And not only is he a phenomenal shot stopper, but he's... You know, he's so intelligent on crosses. He's great with his feet. He's a footballer. I remember watching a Champions League game. I think it was uh, back in 2003 or four. I'm not sure. And they were playing Ajax. And one of the Ajax strikers is one-on-one with him. And he just runs and he can't touch the ball because he's out of his box. And he just takes the ball off his feet, dummies him and passes it off to his defence and just like pats the little kid's um, head as if to say, oh, nice try. You know, you got to do better than that. But, you know, he was just cool and calm. And I remember there was a really interesting stat regarding him uh, in his Juve days. It was, I think it was the season of 2004, and Juventus kind of went with this a bit of a dodgy uh, defender. And we're used to them as Liverpool fans in Legretalia. And he was absolutely a dismal. He was never fit enough to wear that shirt. Italian football is all about great defences. That's what I grew up watching. And they conceded, I don't know how, uh, probably the most goals that they've conceded in 30 years and not one was a goalkeeping error. I just think the man was phenomenal. Um, he's done, he's pretty much won everything. It's just a shame that, you know, he won't or he will never win a Champions League. And I just love the loyalty that he kind of showed to Juventus as well when they got demoted with the whole match fixing scandal and he stayed with them. All their, a lot, a lot of their big names sort of chipped. And he come out and he said something along the lines of, I've never won a Serie B title before. And this was straight after the World Cup. I just think the man is class. And the reason why I had to add him in was because when he was a lot younger, there were absolute morons out there thinking that Ica Casillas was the better goalkeeper. And I completely disagree. For me, he was the best. He'll be the greatest ever. No, and you know what? I have Dino Zoff as my goalkeeper, who was mm, the, the, yeah. great, the great Italian goalkeeper. And, you know, Pat Jennings is very close to my heart, but if Buffon hadn't have been playing, it would have been a really tough call between those two because they're so similar. They're so similar in what they did for Italian football, mm. Nina. And, and you know, I, I'm quite happy to let Buffon go because it is towards the very end of his playing days. I had the privilege of seeing him here during the World Cup last year. Yeah. 
and you, you know he is absolutely awesome, absolutely awesome. And it's just as you say, so he's, sad that he never won a Champions yeah, League. And he's such a great guy as well. I remember reading an interview about him, and it was him and Toldo. They got asked the same questions, and they asked Toldo, "Which striker do you fear?" And he's mentioning names like Totti and Shevchenko, and they asked Buffon, and he goes, "The one that isn't scoring," and it really made me laugh. <laughs> No, you know, I remember him in that game particularly, and this is the winner in him. I remember when Uruguay scored, and he stood, you probably wouldn't have seen it on the television because I was actually behind the goal, and he stood kicking the post that, you know, he'd been beaten, and he was, he was furious with himself. And, and you know, it's just a pure winner in him, and, and, and that's, that's the type of player I love. Listen, we march on. Andy, who do you have? Have you got a copy of anyone, or have you got someone original? Uh, I'm going to echo Joseph uh, Joy on this one because through gritted teeth, it was uh, it was Peter Schmeichel. Uh, just I think he redefined goalkeeping. That was the thing, you know. He he kind of redefined what goalkeepers were to what they are now. And he's I've been watching football for thirty odd years, and he's still the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Uh, Anoya will will. Perhaps eclipse him. Perhaps I don't know. But for him, for me, he was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He was, like Joe said as well. You know, for all the Cantona got the attention for being the guy who won them titles and all the rest of it. No, it was Schmeichel that won them titles. He was worth, and I would say he was worth more than six points. You know, it, you could play. You could afford to play at a nice high line, and really push at teams because he was so good at one and ones. It was, it was, it was rather than you felt that the striker. Oh yeah, you know that it's everything's for the striker here. It was, it, it was like you know you felt confident that he would stop it with one and ones. You know he was so good. He was, he was just incredible, and his distribution as well. Again, another way of, you know, rather than the goalkeeper just chucking it, or it was just a long lump up the pitch. He was picking people out 60 yards, you know, and what Rainer became for us, you know, in them counterattacks. He was the guy that started counterattacks and he was just an incredible, incredible goalkeeper. And, and I say that through great teeth because of who he played for. But he's, for me, still, still the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. You know, I, I enjoyed some of his performance for Denmark now. <laughs> I must admit, save grating my teeth. So, so Andy, stick with you here. Um, who have you got for your fullbacks and why? Well, in, left back was easy. That that was quite easy for me. That's uh, Paolo Maldini. Uh, just uh, the the guy is just. I can't think of the words to describe how good he was. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, I think uh, he's the best defender of all time. You know, uh, when you look at his record, Andy, you know, it's uh, it's 25 years at Milan. You know what I mean? Was it eight Champions League um, finals he played and he won five of them? Seven, seven Serie A's. Just, the pace, he could, he could attack, he could defend, he could do everything. Wonderful. He, he could just play anywhere. He, he was... He was like it, it was. He was like a vintage bottle of wine on the pitch. You know, he he was, he was just you know even amongst some of the best defenses you've seen in club and international football over the last thirty odd years. He stood out as being such a class act. He was, he was just a class above anybody that I've ever seen play left back 
Uh, and like you say, probably anywhere. He was just a, a, a magnificent defender, just an, an, a natural eye for, for where to be and what to do. So good on the ball, you know, the positioning, everything. A nice, clear, calm head, a winner, a great mentality and a class act. J- just an absolute class act and a winner. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. My my choice at right back was, was kind of torn. I, I was, because I love... Lilian Turam, I absolutely adored watching him. Phenomenal, a brilliant, brilliant player, uh, great defender. Just out there at right back, he was just so difficult. <laughs> it just, you know, you you watch uh, wingers just find it so difficult against him. But I, I, I think I edged in the end, edged for Cafu, just for the what he gave. Uh, in what be, what has now become you know the expected thing of a modern day fullback is the attacking as well as the defending what he could do at both ends of the pitch he was just absolutely fantastic fantastic the man never got tired he ran his legs never gave up on him Andy. i don't think i ever saw Kathy's yeah. legs give he would <laughs> run he would run for 3 hours if you needed him to run for 3 hours you he was just on stop you remember Jamie Carragher saying no one pays to come and see a fullback, you know, having a, that bit of banter with Gary Gary Neville. Well, Cafu is a fullback who you would pay to come and watch. It, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, in the end, I've I've gone I've gone Maldini and Cafu. Well, I'll say you t- what three World Cups between those those two. I think Cafu's two. One one is captain. Do his name. He's actually my fullback. They're exactly the same as my. Uh, Fullbacks, Andy. So I need to say nothing more. Joe, yourself, I'm sure you have Maldini. Uh, I, I would, I would be very surprised if you didn't have Maldini. Uh, tell us who you got. Um, yeah, um, yeah, left back. Yeah, Maldini. Um, what more can I say? Absolutely immaculate football player. Um, just and just and his temperament as well. Just so so calm, so collected. Um, he was fantastic going forward. Fantastic defending. He was brilliant in the air. Two good feet. I mean, I don't know what more you can say. He was just a magnificent player, and um, I mean, he he did one that he he did something that was rare, and that he he followed in his father's footsteps and actually su- sort of surpassed his father. Usually, you get players um, that that come about and um, that, that our fathers are sort of are, are famous players and are legends. Casper Schmeichel, very rare. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, <laughs> it's very rare that the, that the son surpasses the father, and and and, and he did in, in in a big way. He's the, a magnificent player, and I think he'd be in every in in, in everyone's world um, eleven um, as 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 their left back, um, and and probably the, the captain of the world eleven as well. Yep. Um, so Paolo Maldini would be my my left back. Um, I was smiling to myself when Andy was 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 talking about his his right back because I've gone for Lillian Turan as my right back, and um, he's 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 actually my favourite, my personal favourite um, fullback of all time. Um, I just I, I I just loved the way he he played. Um, athletic, strong. You could you could leave him one on one with a winger and not have anything to worry about. I can't remember ever seeing him get skinned. Um, he could play centre back as well. He could probably play DM if you wanted him to. Um, he's just such an intelligent player, good passer of the ball. Um, he could, you know, create chances. He could assist. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't Cafu like in the way he went forward, but he could go forward. I remember um, the '98 World uh, World Cup for France where he was brilliant going forward. Him on the on the right and Lizarazu on the left. Lizarazu is another favourite of mine. Um, 
Um, but yeah, he's just yeah, just 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 fantastic. And um, so he is my my right back. No, and I'm glad he got him because everybody has mentioned him, Joe, but nobody's actually put him in the team, if you know what I mean. And, and I do think that he, he's, he warrants a place in someone's World eleven because Tehran was a super, super player, a super player. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy he got in. Nina, for you, I'm sure you have Maldini with the, the lovely hair and the lovely crazy eyes. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have him. What about right back? You know what? I'm going to shock you here. I kind of uh, see. I've got to give a spoiler alert now. I've got him as a central defender. Paolo Maldini. Yeah, I'm playing Paolo Maldini central defense because I could not leave this guy out. It was Javier Zanetti. I couldn't leave him go, out. Go, go ahead, go ahead and explain it. Was he not a right back? I've got him down as a left back. Oh well, I'm sure he could play both. Go he, ahead. Actually, yes, he could play both. He was one of those rare footballers that could play on both on both sides. So I had to bring him into my squad, and he had to play left back. I again, he he didn't serve as long as say Paolo Maldini. He had 18 years with Inter Milan. I thought he was a cool, calm head. He wasn't as as aggressive as going forward as say Paolo Maldini. But what I absolutely loved about him was he was this quiet leader a silent leader who didn't sort of scream around. For me, he was just exceptional. I think I wasn't an Inter Milan fan, but he was a player that I absolutely admired and I would love to have him at my team. He was just one of them players. And when he sort of hung up his boots, I was absolutely devastated. Just one of them players. And he was a proper team player. He, You never saw him sort of like calling at his team or throwing players under the bus. For me, he was a true professional. And I think that's one thing I absolutely loved about him. Right back, I went the Cafu mold purely because, like you guys said, the guy never stopped running. People always go on about uh, Cafu and Roberto uh, Carlos as like, yeah, they're like the best, uh, the best fullbacks. But for me, Cafu was just miles better on, on his flank because he was defensively more assured. He just, he, he had mileage on him. Like you guys said, he ran, ran, ran. Me and my sister had this theory about him. He always used to chew gum, if you remember. And the reason why he, uh, we used to have a little joke saying, I bet he's laced that gum with speed because he would never, ever stop running. And I think one of my most, I, he's had great games, even albeit Roma for Brazil, for AC Milan. He was just phenomenal. But one of my most iconic games was, I think it was around about 2004 and they played Man United in the Champions League and he absolutely made a very young 19-year-old Ronaldo into a little fool. And it was probably one of my favourite performances by him. He was just exceptional. And regarding, um, I was looking at other right-backs that I really liked and one of my quirky hipster shouts, I'm sure you'll probably all disagree, but I absolutely loved Moreno Torricelli for Juventus purely because he looked like an absolute psychopath and he was just solid. And I agree with Joseph. I absolutely love Bixton Lizarazu, but the re- and I did initially put him in, but the reason I had to put him out was because he had a fair few injuries, and I'll never forgive him for missing that Champions League final back in 1999 because I think the outcome would have been very different. No, fair comment, fair comment. It is a surprising one, Nina, to be fair. I, I, I never expected to hear that. <laughs> but it, what, what is more exciting is we have we have a unanimous, uh, well, no, nearly three out of four of us have... Uh, have He's what, in my back four, though. He is in my back four. No, yeah, oh, I know that. But I'm saying um, the, the the Brazilian John Flanagan is on three of our, <laughs> on three of our teams, imagine, you know. So let, let's go straight into then the the, the back two, uh, the centre backs. Joe, for you, who have you got and why? Um, my centre back um, choice, my first choice, is a bit controversial, and I say that because the obvious one is is Franco Baresi, right? Um, yes. And although 
although he played in my lifetime, I never saw him at his peak. Um, but when I started watching Italian football, I think it was towards the end of his career when he either was having sort of quite a few injuries or wasn't as influential as, you know, as he was in his pomp. Um, I remember him in the Italian um, team in the 94 World Cup and, you know, Italy were brilliant. After a, a dodgy start against Ireland, they were brilliant in that tournament. Um, but he didn't really stand out for me. Um, again, seeing him at the end of his career. So I am not going to pick Berezi on that, or based on that. Um, I'm going to go instead for Alessandro Nesta um, um, at centre-back because I saw not about more second of him place. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 because I, I saw more of him and he was just, again, I, I mentioned um, the fact that Maldini was immaculate. Nesta was the same. Um, just a gorgeous um, centre-half. And I'm not talking about the looks. I'm talking about the way he played football was just brilliant. The reading of the game, just fantastic. I mean, th- those guys were so good. They didn't have to make a tackle and, 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 and you know, they'd, they'd, they'd get the better of, 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 um, of, attack, of attacking players and class attacking players as well. So Nesta is one of my centre-backs. The other centre-back is going to be um, Jürgen Kohler. Again, when I initially... Um, wrote out my 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 team. I had Beckenbauer and Berezi as as centre backs, but for reasons I've explained, I crossed those out and picked picked guys who you know who are actually seen seen play or seen a lot of footage of. So um, yeah, so Jurgen Kola is my is is my other centre off. Um, again, magnificent centre back. Um, you know, I remember him in the uh, in the Dortmund side that won the Champions League. Um, just immaculate. And um, I do remember him in, in Serie A as well, way back in the day when I used to watch it on Channel 4 in the early 90s and, and, and late 80s. And he was brilliant then as well. Just really, really good player in in, in a really sort of first-class Juventus back four. Um, so I think that's, you know, my, my back four really, you've got Taram on the right, Kola and Nesta in the middle and Maldini on the left and Schmeichel in goal. I think you're going to have a tough job scoring goals against that that back four and goalkeeper. No, indeed, it's it's, it's a pretty tight back four now. Andy, for yourself, who 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 are your centre backs? Well, I would have gone for Lovren and Skirtle, but they're still playing. But <laughs> 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 much too much too illustrious for this company, I'm afraid. <laughs> I won't play so, past um, him as well, you know. I really wouldn't. Um, well, I, I'd see. Unlike the other two, I, I'm quite shameless and say, "Well, I'll stretch the rules because I was born in '75, so I can I can go back." And and Baresi is definitely in mine because uh, some of the earliest football that I remember watching was I probably watched more international football than I did club football for some reason. I used to used to get VHS copies but, of because, World Cups and things it was on like the that. Television. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, league football watch, we yeah. never got the same. Yeah. Well watching European championships and watching World Cups and then they used to get VHS copies and I I was just mesmerized. The first foreign player I was absolutely mesmerized by was was uh, Franz Beckenbauer tapes of him from sixty even the sixty six World Cup, he was twenty years old and and he was one of the stars of the World Cup. He was absolutely phenomenal. And and then all through the seventies, you know, and I used to watch these the videos, and it just. And then obviously, you can as you get older, you've got more access to technology. Going back and watching other bits and pieces, and Beckenbauer was just 
just incredible. Just, <laughs> just he he was the modern day footballer before modern day. He was he, he was a, a completely in terms of, sorry def, modern day defender. You know, so different to to what the game was at that point because. I mean, I used to, I'd watch the tape of the 66 World Cup, the whole tournament. I've watched that countless times. And Pele got absolutely kicked. They kicked lumps out of him. And they, they didn't disguise, disguise it or anything like that. They literally just stood there and kicked him. And, and That's how football he, was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a good player. And it was. It was literally just whack. And it wasn't. There was no red cards, yellow cards or anything. It was just whack. Whack, whack. And it was like, that's what, you know, defenders were doing. But he wasn't, he was cultured. He took the ball down. He, you know, he, you know, he was the modern exponent of the, you know, the Libero, the, the, the sweeper, you know, take it down, run with the ball, take it past people, score goals. He was absolutely out of this world. And, and Baresi was, I, I mean, I remember seeing him in the eighties and, and just, God, you know, he was a a colossus. Yeah, you just watched him. You just watched him and just thought, God, I wouldn't want to play against you. I would not want to play against you. You know, it it just frightened you. Just looking at him, you just thought, he's pretty mean. But he was so graceful too, Andy. You know what I mean? He could take a ball off. He didn't even know the ball had gone. But but if he needed to be nasty, he had that spike in him as well. And and that's why I loved him. Yeah, he was, I, I think he was the, you know, as a as a defender, he ticked every box. You know, as a pure defender, he ticked every single box. But for me, Beckenbauer, not just he didn't just tick the boxes as a defender. He he turned he you know, he was almost a midfielder. He was you know he he was like he was like a box a box to box midfielder at centre back. He, he was just incredible. So I've stretched the rules a little bit more, but uh, than the others, but they're my two. No, and I'm very happy you did, actually, <laughs> because Beckenbauer really does deserve a shout, and he's been toyed with on the other pod, but nobody actually included him. Um, I'll come to Joe again on, on, or sorry, I'll come to Nina for your back too. Sorry, I'm, I nearly forgot about you there in the corner, Nina. <laughs> I think you're a little disappointed in me for not playing Paolo Maldini as left back, but you know what? This match yeah, shocked well, people. Well, <laughs> yeah, this match shocked people, but Paolo Maldini was actually quite a decent centre back too. And he did play there a fair bit. And I had to, I mean, there's, when you think about, like, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Dave. You know, one of the greatest defense, the greatest defender of all time. And I echo that. And I had to have him in my team. Just the experience, the calm head. He also has that ability of going forward so he can move forward and, you know, he can play that Libra role should he want to. So he is definitely my centre back. The one next to him that I've got is Shiro Ferrara. Now I grew up watching Italian football. And Shira Ferrara was like pretty much the heart of that Juventus defence in, in, in the late 90s and even into the 2000s when obviously when I started watching Italian football. When you think of Italian defenders, there's so many. You guys have mentioned Baresi and, you know, people will mention Billy Costa Quarter and, you know, there's, and obviously you just mentioned Beckenbauer and, you know, there were so many great defenders, but Shira Ferrara was in his pomp when I was watching football and, he just added this element of calmness and he always managed to form a partnership with whoever he played with. And he was experienced. He, he, they read the game well. These defenders really read the game well. 
And as when you watched it, and uh, you know, Juventus were my little weak spot, were my Italian team. And I, as a young girl watching Juventus, used to just feel so much calm and at ease having this guy in, you know, as as your centre back. He just he was the embodiment of a leader. And for me, that's my back four right there: uh, Cafu, Shiro Ferrara, Paolo Maldini, and Javier Zanetti, and obviously Buffon between the sticks. Uh, again, it's another one you imagine <laughs> a lot of difficulty breaking down those for. Um, listen, I'm going to stick with you, Nina, and I, I don't know what way guys have, have set out here. Let's call our, our, our deeper lying midfielders. Uh, I only ever had one. I only needed the one, which was Graham Sooners. So you guys, um, who, or Nina, first up, who, who have you got or how many have you got in, in the deeper lying roles? I've gone for the standard two sort of um, centre mids and I kind of, Again, I really struggled with this because it's really hard when somebody actually tells you to pick your best 11. You want to pick everyone. You're like a kid in a candy store. And, uh, and I feel sorry for, you know, people who are older because you've had experience of seeing more players, which makes it's a complete the mare. Yeah, complete e- mare. even more difficult. And I thought about who was my ultimate, ultimate favorite, um, sort of like defensive midfielder. And I kind of went with uh, somebody that I absolutely adored, and it was Patrick Vieira. I absolutely, oh, I absolutely adored the guy. It was between him and Roy Keane. I'm not gonna lie. I really, it was really hard. It was like, which one did I prefer? Which Good one choice. Prefer? Yeah. And then I kind of thought to myself, I can't have a United player. Yeah. I kind of also that was another rule I put into my head, like because again that nineteen that nineteen ninety nine midfield was phenomenal, probably one of the best I've ever seen. But I thought, no, break away from that mold. You've seen enough football. I went for Patrick Vieira. He had a bit of a turbulent time in Italy. He came to Arsenal. Wenger really sort of disciplined him, turned him into an absolutely monster and a beast, and really changed his turn, his career around. For me, he's one of the most iconic players. And alongside him, I went for Clarence Seedorf. I there aren't enough good words to say about Clarence Seedorf. I just think in terms of what he did, his passing accuracy, his precision, his um awareness of 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 the the game, his tactical nouns, just the way he was a box to box midfielder, and he's got this awesome stat where he's won the Champions League four times, three times with different clubs. He's Dutch. He was class. He was quality. He was a player that I really have fond memories of. And even like it was the tail end of his career when he was coming to an end with Milan as they were on a decline, he still kept that quality at that level. Okay, the legs weren't there, but the intelligence and the brain was still there for me. He was an exceptional player and he, he definitely makes my starting 11. No, I, Nina, I hear you on that. I actually had the pleasure of seeing him. He came, actually, he finished his career here in Rio uh, with Botafogo uh, about two seasons ago. And they were drawn against my local team, uh, ABC, and Seydorf played that game. And I mean, yes, his legs had gone, but the speed of the league here, it's like walking pace. Mm. That guy was just, I, he wasn't even just head and shoulder. He was, not, he was on another stratosphere to, to the other players in the pitch, just in intelligence. And that's him, you know, that was him winding down. An absolute joy to watch, even at, at that stage. Um, absolutely incredible player. Joe, for, for you, uh, how many have you opted for? Um, two or one? I'm, I'm going with a 4 2 3 1. Um, okay. my, my three are all flair players. So my two in midfield are both box to box. Um, and the first, my, my first choice is a bit contradictory, um, given what I've said before, but, um, I've gone with Graham Souness. Um, yes. I did watch him, 
I didn't watch him play live games for Liverpool, but I've seen, I've watched so much videotapes of that era, so many videotapes of that era that it feels like I've, I've actually watched him week in, week out. And um, those performances that I've seen, um, given that I want box-to-box midfielders, I don't think there's any better choice than picking him. Um, so he's in my side. Um, and next to him is Lothar Mateus, um, who is an absolute monster of a midfield player. Um, and I could pick Mateus on his performances in the 1990 World Cup alone. Um, I never heard of him before that that World Cup. Um, actually, it was quite, actually World Cups in those days was was really nice because you'd see players sometimes you'd never seen before, and um, that German side were phenomenal up until the semi final. They were they were a great side, and I remember they played a game against Yugoslavia. I think they won four 0 where Mateus went past about four or five players and, and and scored. It was like ran the length of the field and put it in the bottom corner. Uh, and from then I, I kept an eye on him and, and just his performances for both um, um, for both um, Germany and um, and Inter were just were just great. I I I loved the way he played. Um, I used to get really pissed off, you know, when he was when when he was sort of in his last days playing for Germany in, in international tournaments. I think it was in the World Cup when he was playing sweeper and his legs had gone. And the match of the day studio um, panel were just taking the piss out of him as if, you know, he, he, he was just this, you know, some run of the mill player. This is a legend they were talking about. Um, they did this, this, the similar thing with, with Ronaldo as well, where they were taking the piss out of him in, in his last few days. So that really sort of wound me up a bit. Um, but I love Mateus as a player. And him and Sunes is my, is my sort of double pivot midfield, both going forward, both doing the DM role, I think um, would work fantastic in, in myself. You probably don't even need the back four with those two, John, <laughs> to be fair. You could, you, you, could, you could fairly weaken your back four with those pair. Andy, for you, uh, w- w- what pairing did you go for? Did you go for a single? Uh, I've I've kind of gone more for like a three-man midfield. Just, sorry, just to like throw everything out the toilet. Um, ah, sure, and- we're, we're used to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just uh, and my back four and my keeper are that good. I don't really need like a you know, an orthodox defensive midfielder. So I'm going to kind of cheat. And uh, I I, mean, I love the shout for Vieira because for me, Patrick Vieira is probably the best central midfielder I've I've ever seen in the Premier League. That area, it's right up to now, he was fantastic. And for for two, three years, he was probably the best centre midfielder in the world. I don't think anyone could touch him. He's fantastic at all the different parts of the game. But I've gone for Lothar Matthias as well. Um, I know he was box to box, but he did th- those those runs. I mean, like like uh, Joe mentioned there, the 1990 World Cup. He he was the star player of the tournament. He was incredible. He was he's magnificent. That's what he was on the ball. Absolutely magnificent. And and them rampaging runs kind of they got less and less. What I would in his pomp, I would say Matthias was a kind of a slightly a more cultured and a more tactically astute version of of Gerard, you know, of what what they could do, how they how effective they were in a team, what they could do for a team, and just what they could offer on the game, their quality on the ball, the shoot, the you know, the long range shooting, the ability to just you know go past players and score incredible goals. He he was, and plus the tackling, the getting him back, and everything. So. Later on, as he did kind of wind down them runs, the rampaging runs, and became deeper, probably 
before he eventually actually sat as a sweeper and began to, began to struggle a bit, he was just such a great player. So I've got him in there, and I've got alongside him, um, I've got Zico, who who I watched. I, I've only watched playing for Brazil in the eighties, and he was. That was enough. <laughs> that was enough. It, it just, you know, just wow. You know, he, even though he was playing in a Brazil team in the 80s that wasn't particularly good, he was just wow. With the ball at his feet, he was just something else. I mean, if he'd have come along 10 years later, he would have been a megastar, you know, multi, multi, ten, he would have gone for, you know, multiple millions. He, he the passing, the vision, the, the technique. The just, dead ball. Just, <laughs> the striking of was, a football. Yeah. It, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make a team without him being at least considered. He, he was just incredible. Like I said, I only watched him in, in, um, in internationals at World Cups, really. But that was enough for me. For what I saw of him, just, just wow. That was what I'd say. I would describe him as. He was a wow player. And alongside them two, I've got Platini, um, despite all what he'll be remembered for now as a, you know, an administrator and all that that goes with it. As prison a dinners. footballer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll be remembered for prison dinners. <laughs> <laughs> but as a footballer, I mean, I remember seeing him towards the end of his career, even, even briefly for UV as well, a few games for UV. He was special. He was very, very, very special. Again, another one with a ball at his feet. He just kind of, he knew the game. It was almost to watch as though he'd record this game that he was playing in. He'd recorded it and was watching it back. So he'd already seen what was happening next. So, you know, it it, it was like he was cheating. <laughs> you know, he, he knew what was going to happen next. So his mind was, was just so fantastic. It, it just such a brilliant and gifted footballer he was. It, just a phenomenon in in that area and oh, what a player just take away everything that's happened afterwards but as a footballer I thought he was just incredible no and fair, fair enough um, as I say Zico's in mind and, and Zinedine Sedan is in, is in front of, of, of Graham Souness makes up my three in midfield Joe uh, moving forward with your midfield who, who do you have uh, in front um, right so my three in front of, of, of the two I've got on the left, I've got John Barnes, special player, my favorite player of all time. Um, I think for a period of time, he was definitely one of the best players in the world. I'd say between maybe 1986 and 1991, he was definitely up there as one of the best um, in the world, definitely one of the best wingers. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've all seen, we've all seen the footage of, of the 87-88 the season where he's just magnificent. It's just a shame he didn't get to showcase that on the European stage. Wouldn't it be great if Liverpool were in the European Cup that, um, that season uh, or the following season? Um, and just to see him at his best against against the best in Europe, that would have been brilliant. Um, so I've got Barnes on the left of my three. Um, and then I've got Diego Maradona as my number 10. Um, what can I say about Diego? Um, 1986 World Cup, absolutely amazing. Um, his feats for Napoli, um, going to sort of a, a relatively smaller Italian club um, and winning them uh, the t- two Scudettos. And they win the, Europe, the, the UEFA Cup as well, I think. 
Um, yeah, um, just 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 magnificent, really. I mean, you I mean we we all we all know the feats of of Diego Maradona. He's probably the best dribbler um, that there's ever been. Um, just such a special player. And um, and on the right hand side of my three, I've got Zinedine Zidane. Um, not a winger as such, but he can cut in while um, Taram is bombing down the, the the wing, overlapping him. And Zidane has has to be in my team because he's probably the most graceful player I've, I've ever seen. Um, magnificent um, um, player again, um, and he's got he he has everything. And between the three of them, I just I think there's enough pace there, enough creativity um, to create the, the chances for my number nine. Who I won't um, reveal just yet. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for you, you guys to, to finish off your, your midfields first. No, and, and you, you know, you talk about John Barnes, Sergio, and you know, they still talk about him for that goal he scored in the Maracana against Brazil all those years back. And you know, the, the people here would, would, would identify with me with Liverpool and whatnot, but they, it's, it's John Barnes, John Barnes, and the goal in the Maracana. And you know, it, it was a very, very special moment. But for me, I think Barnes. When his legs started to go, he moved into the central midfield role, and my God, his distribution was—you know—it's a mark of class that you can you can alter and change your game and still be one hundred percent effective. And I think that's that's my memory of John Barnes. Really, he he was magnificent, and obviously, Sedan's in my own team. So, so <laughs> yeah, nothing even more needs said there. Nina, for you, moving forward in the midfield, who 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 do you have there? Okay, my attacking midfielders, I've gone for three that I obviously absolutely love and obviously players that I've seen. I mean, great shots there from the lads. I mean, John Barnes, unfortunately, I saw him on his tail end for Liverpool, you know, 96 is coming to the end with um, Ian Rush. But again, seeing footage of him, old footage, phenomenal, exceptional, exceptional talent. Diego Maradona, for me, from all the tapes that I've seen of him, the greatest player ever. I, I concur, I admit, but unfortunately I've, I've never seen him live and the only memory I have of Diego Maradona was World Cup 94 and he was absolutely off his tits. So for that, he really doesn't merit a starting 11 in my team because I only have like the sort of the very, very tail end or, or the decline of him. And I also remember him scoring a goal at a soccer aid game at Old Trafford um, back in 2006 where he absolutely got booed off so for all them reasons he unfortunately doesn't make my 11 because I don't remember him playing or at his pomp but he is the greatest no doubt about it no disputing so my midfielders that I remember and that I adored and that I really respect have gone for a trio of Zidane uh, for me the greatest player that's ever played in my era, he'll be he'll be the greatest of all time. And like Joe said, his composure, his movement, you know, his little, you know, the little flicks, the dead ball specialist, he had it all. Another player that might, for me, is a bit of an unsung hero, but I absolutely loved him. And it was Pavel Nedved. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did in the game. He was an absolute grafter. He never gave up. He was a 110% kind of player. He was like a million times more effective of like a dirt cow, always asking questions, always doing things. And I actually remember reading an interview with Alessandro Nesta. And when he made the move from Lazio to Juventus, Nesta cried because he was just that much of a grafter. And I remember watching him in the Euro 96 and just thinking, wow, this guy's absolutely formidable. You know, he has to make it. And for my sort of number 10 role, I've gone for Ronaldinho. 
I mean, the guy, the the tricks, the flair, the flamboyant player, just everything. I just remember that goal that he scored against Chelsea where he kind of did this little samba jig and just dug his foot under the ball and just the ball was almost dead and he chips it and it goes into the top left. It was phenomenal. That goal, I mean, he was unpredictable, but in like the best possible way. And oh, with a smile on his face as well. All the time with a smile on his face. Yeah, and you got to love him. So th- those were my attacking midfielders. Wow. I'm, I'm really, I, I love the Nedved shout. You know what I mean? Even though you've, you're very, very biased towards Juventus at the moment with this team, Nina. But I do like it. Uh, to be Nedved fair, was... I absolutely loved him at Lazio. He was just a phenomenal player, exceptional. And, you know, let's not forget, uh, I think his most iconic moment that I think everyone kind of remembers him is uh, that game that he played against them. Um, Real Madrid in that Champions League final back in 2003. And he single-handedly bossed that game against the Galacticos. And then he gets a second yellow and he misses the final and he cried his eyes out. It's really sad for him. No. Totally awesome. Totally awesome. Uh, has anybody any, got, got any other midfielders they want to bring to the party before I move into strikers? <coughs> yeah, I've got my two in behind the striker. So. Go ahead, Andy. Right. <clears throat> um, I've got to say, Ronaldinho f- for 18 months was just untouchable. You know, the guy who played, you know, looked the other way when he was passing. And it, <laughs> it's just some of the stuff he did on the pitch was just ridiculous. And But I think it's just a case of longevity. For the two that I've got is um, Maradona for just his ability, uh, just unbelievable natural ability, the dribbling. You know, in his in his prime through the eighties, he was he a one man team. Might well say that, but then you know, you look through in that uh, that Argentina team that won the eighty six World Cup, and there was a few decent players in there as well. I mean, I mean Puchaga, but he he was he was the force, yeah. Andy. He oh, he oh, dragged yeah. them all. But he wasn't. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't like it was him and ten mugs. You know, there there were some pretty good and pretty tough players in there as well. They were a pretty tough team all round. You know what I mean? They were. I think they, I'd say they were a really uncomfortable team to play against. And then he was just this. He, he was just a level above everybody. Really, he he was just sensational with the ball at his feet. He, he just. It was like nothing else, wasn't he? You know that he just ran, and and the ball seemed to be glued to his toes in the way that it is now with Messi. And my other one is is Zinedine Zidane, who is who's probably the best all round footballer that I've I've ever seen. He was he was built like a centre back, you know, built like a centre back, but could dribble like you know the the best Brazilian you know around, and it's his footwork, his vision. It was just. It, it just you you could you can you know you can watch you know cumulative clips of his of his career you know fifteen minutes and and it would every on all these little touches and passes and and the ways and he could control the ball and it wasn't just for sure it was to beat the man it was it was to achieve something and it, it, there's so much through his career of all these special moments of all these things and that volley in the, the European Cup final or the Champions League final you know it was just such an unbelievable footballer with the both with the feet uh, the ball at both feet you know for a while I couldn't tell whether he was left or he was right footed and, and he just blew my mind watching him he, he was just he was just out of this world so 
they, they were my two in behind the striker. No, indeed. And, and the only addition I would have to make for, for on, on what you've all said, because Dan is in mine, Maradona's in mine. But, you know, you talk about the best player ever. For, for me, the best player ever is that, George Best. Um, you, you know, there's the man that Diego Maradona, whenever he first arrived in the UK, please, can I meet George Best? Um, I've never seen it. I had the privilege as a child. Uh, sadly, it wasn't paying as much attention as I should have been. But I, my father used to take me to the Northern Ireland games when he played. I met the guy. Um, my father owned a pub in Ireland, so you can imagine George Best was uh, was was a, was a customer. <laughs> um, but as I say, uh, you know, even you, you know, I said in the last pod, you've got to go back. Uh, younger people need to go back and look at the conditions that this guy played in. It's what sets him apart from the Maradonas, from the Messies. You know, this is a ploughed field. They talk about a rainy night in Stoke. Well, this is a wee bit worse than that. It was a ploughed field in, in Macclesfield or Northampton. And, and this guy, the ball was stuck to him like glue. And, you know, you had real tackles. Like where you talk about the 66 World Cup, uh, Andy. You know, I'm talking real hatchet men coming at him. And he just glided past him. No shin pads, nothing. The guy had no, no protection. He, he just went and played football. And he was too fast for them all. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about it. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'll go into our strikers. But uh, it's the only difference that I would have, really, is, is the George Best, because he just was that. Just absolutely phenomenal. Even even watching him now he just still makes your hair stand on end. He's just absolutely worlds apart from anything else I ever saw. So, Mr. Cousins, who have you got up front? And I bet you know who it is. <laughs> My number nine, um, the best striker I've seen, um, full stop, uh, is Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo. Um, El phenomenon, this absolutely magnificent. The, the 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 scoring record. If you if you look at the stats and you 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 see the games to goals ratio, before the bad knee knee injuries in ninety eight ninety nine, um. Incredible scoring record for PSV Eindhoven. The one season in Barcelona. I still can't believe that he only spent one season in Barcelona where he got 47 goals. Um, Paltry return by his standards. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely breathtaking. I remember the goal he scored when Bobby Robson had his his head in his hands. Do you remember that one? I do. I can't remember what team it was against. It might have been against Real Betis or one of them, them sides. And he fell over during the run, got back up, Went past another two players and scored. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. For Inter Milan, he was... I mean, a lot of people don't talk about um, his performances for Inter Milan. Back then, it was very difficult for strikers to score in, in Serie A. Lots of strikers with big reputations went there and didn't manage it. The likes of Papan, for example. Our own Ian Rush went there and, and, and couldn't score. Um, the, the sort of goals he's, he scored in England. Well, Ronaldo went there and his record, again, was brilliant. And... He was just awesome. He picked the ball up on the halfway line. He had a surge of pace and acceleration that he just never, I just never saw before. And I can't really think of any players now that have got sort of similar attributes. It's probably what actually led to his knee injuries. Just that sudden burst of pace from a standing position to top speed in the blink of an eye is what I think set him apart. And for a, a fairly big guy, he just had amazing feet and, and really good skills. Um, he's just an amazing player and would score any type of goal as well. Pedders, left foot, right foot from distance. He'd, he'd dribble uh, past players. He could score the, the scruffy, the scruffy goals in his six yard box. Uh, he's just my favorite, my favorite striker of all time. Absolutely magnificent number nine. 
Certainly the best number nine I've ever seen. Without a doubt, the best number nine. The feet were just spectacular. They were like lightning, absolute lightning. Uh, Andy, uh, anything similar or have you a different one for us? Uh, it's just no way of dressing it up. It's, it's exactly the same and for the same reasons. Um, I mean, I, I remember seeing Ronaldo. It's pro- it was probably his last season at PSV before he went to Barca. You know, watch uh, the watching Champions League, fo- seeing him a bit in the Champions League football. And, uh, you know, he caught the eye then. And at Barcelona that year, oh, my God. I just ne- I never seen anything from it from a number nine. It, it, and I've, ne- I've still not seen a number nine do what he did. Yeah, it just, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And it's such a shame as well. I mean, even at the World Cup, the 98 World Cup, leading up to, you know, before the injury, I mean, I remember him destroying Scotland. I mean, do you, do you remember that game? I think it was the opening game. Yeah, I remember it. I remember oh, the opening it, yeah. game, yeah. Yeah, he, ju- he just took I the remember, mickey I remember out. Colin Henry shitting himself. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colin Henry was no mug, let me tell you. You know, by the day standard, Colin Henry's a bloody good defender. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it destroyed them. Absolutely just wiped the floor. And it, it, it's such a shame that... That he got the knee injury because it did restrict, even though he was still, you know, magnificent and amazing for the for his for you know the, the large part of his career after that. It he wasn't quite the same, and and you wonder, you know, just what he would have been without that injury because oh my god, it was just frightening, absolutely frightening. But but still, yeah, the best number nine that I've seen. It really just. Breathtaking. No, and you, you know, I think uh, you're saying without that injury, I think the conversation would be very, very different without the injury, Andy, because I think you'd be talking about one of the greatest, you know, you'd be up in, in you know, people talk about uh, the Pele's Maradona is the best. Ronaldo would be completely in that argument had he, had he, had he not finished as soon as what he did. He was absolutely breathtaking footballer. Nina, have you got anyone different for us or are you another Ronaldo fan? I think I'm allowed back on the popular table because I went for Ronaldo as well. And because he made me laugh because I do call him the real Ronaldo. And for all the reasons listed, you know, right there, an absolutely, absolutely exceptional footballer. I mean, I used to despise him to Milan and I despised him because of him. He frightened the bejesus out of me watching him. He, he just had this. When you when you looked at his physique, you would not think he had that pace, and he had that pace, he had that agility. He he was intelligent. He he did crazy things. He was always there at the right time, at the right place. I used to love the partnership, especially. And um, I know you guys are speaking about obviously his time at PSV. Obviously, um, I, I went back to all tapes and saw him at PSV, and obviously the unreal things that he did at Barcelona. And the reason why I think he left Barcelona is because he had problems with them. Uh, he, he wasn't quite happy with the way they were treating him. And then obviously Inter were, were clever in bringing him over. And I remember just watching him as a young girl and my jaw would literally just hit the floor because I had never seen anything like this. I was always used to Premier, Premier League sort of footballers. This guy was the epitome of like continental flair. And I don't think we'll ever see anything like him. And yes, you know, he, he was plagued with the knee and the injuries, but... For what, from what I saw and what I've seen of him in that period of time, 
it just sort of outweighs everything for me in terms of any other striker I've seen. He was just exceptional, an absolute world-class player. And in that World Cup, again, he was phenomenal. And I loved him at Inter Milan. And he made players around him look great. And that is a sign of a truly, truly great player. And I just loved his partnership with him and Zamorano at Inter Milan. I used to just love watching them two play. I thought they just complimented each other so well. But really, the star of the show was Ronaldo. No, I hear you, Nina. And, you know, we we get we we get to see him here. He still plays five aside. You know, he was, was showed on Brazilian TV here. And you know, okay, he's a big guy now. Um, he's carrying a lot more weight than his playing days. Obviously, he's a little bit older. But the feet, the feet still work. You know, it, it's all still there. Yeah. You know, they say class is permanent. And you know, and another one I saw Romario a few weeks ago uh, in Natal here yeah. playing five aside. And and the same thing. The class is just it just oozes out of them. You know, it never leaves them. Okay, yeah, they may be slower, but it's just, they're just awesome to watch. Absolutely awesome to watch. Nina, I'm gonna stick with you, my dear, for for your bench. I've given you a choice of five. Um who who did you opt for? Now I know I said I won't go with a United player, but uh, the reason why it would be fun was because obviously all the reasons listed above for me, he's the greatest ever, but I have to give an honourable shout out to Peter Schmeichel. So he's my sub goalkeeper. He was, like the lad said, because they both picked him, he was everything, commanding presence, wasn't going to get beat. He, you know, he, he played in the Premier League. He was part of that treble winning side. He was just everything. It was between him and Oliver Kahn and they both had very similar qualities, but the difference here being, I, I have, um, I really do like Oliver Hahn. He, he was one of the greatest, but the reason why Oliver Hahn don't make my bench was because I remember instances where an attacker would be one on one with him and he'd, he'd clear the danger, or whatever, but he'd have an absolute bitch fit at the, at the striker and not his defense. And I didn't like that quality about him. His temperament was a little off for me. So Peter Schmeichel gets the heads up there. My defender, again, I'm like Joe Cluzzi on this one. I absolutely loved Lillian Turam. And, you know, he, he can play centre back. He could play, um, a full back. You know, he, he kind of covers that role really well. And fair play to the guy because he knocked off the likes of Fabio, Fabio Cannavaro and Alessandro Nesta, which were defenders that I absolutely loved and adored. My midfielder is Didier Deschamps. It was between him and Effenberg. I went for Deschamps because, again, the intelligence. He's one of them players that he read the game so well. He was like this quiet engineer. He was the cogs of the midfield. I loved watching him play. I loved him in that France 98 squad. I just think he's such an intelligent player. I could not leave him out. And you need to bear in mind my bench is players that I absolutely loved watching as well as how they've kind of helped my team. And an honourable shout-out has to go out to Alessandro Del Piero, my, my favourite player, hands down. Didn't quite make the top 11 because he wasn't of that ilk, but I just think... For all the graft and the effort he puts in, he was just exceptional. He was sort of talking. Love talk. that shite. Loving that shite. I'm so glad you are because when I kind of ran this by my sister, she was like, talk about confirmation bias right there. Because as a, he was my childhood hero and he kind of, he was just so iconic, even in the way he, that he looked. I know you take the piss out of me there, Dave, but you know, the sideburns and the long hair. I'm talking about circa 94, you know, Del Piero through to 98 and he inspired all my cousins to kind of grow their hair and grow the goatee and he was just phenomenal he was such a such a quality player for me he was like number 10 him and Inzaghi were just phenomenal together and I've gone for Gabriel Batistuta because he was the ultimate goal machine for me again it was between him and Shevchenko and I went with Batigol because I just loved everything about him the arrogance the willingness to score the goal celebration 
great with his feet, cult hero. He was just everything. He played for them, Fiorentina, a lot, which I don't really like all so much, but he was a player that I absolutely marvelled at. Cool, no problem. Okay, Andy, uh, who do you have on your bench, mate? Right, I, I've gone for Ray Clements as my backup keeper because uh, some magnificent goalkeepers still playing at the moment, so they're not uh, eligible. But um, aside from Schmeichel, the best goalkeeper I've seen that's no longer playing, I'd have to go back to Ray Clements. I was, he was, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant goalkeeper, and so calm as well. Such a great shot stopper and great distribution. So I've got Ray Clements. And my defenders, Lilian Turam, for, as we've all mentioned, is so great. And he just missed out on my first 11. Uh, my midfielder, I've got Vieira, because <laughs> I, I loved, I loved watching him. I was, I thought he was fantastic. And he's another one who just missed out. Uh, Ronaldinho is my game changer. Like I said, for, for 18 months, he was just absolutely, he was just untouchable. He was just, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous what he did with the ball it wasn't it, it just wasn't possible what he did with the football you just can't you couldn't do it it's not real and and my uh, my final one on the bench a striker Nina mentioned is Batistuta um, probably the most the, the best natural finisher that I've yeah. ever seen watched him at the, the 94 World Cup was when he, he he just he grabbed my attention and and I just I was just I don't know fascinated watching him you know even though that that Argentina team was controversial for for all the reasons uh, but a couple of the goals he scored just the technique it's just ridiculous and he he that was back when, as well, late nineties. I did used to watch Serie A when it was on Channel Four, uh, and he was just such a great goal scorer, you know. And and that I don't think that can be underestimated uh, as to just knowing where to be and when to be there, and the ability to finish them chances. He he was just superb, absolutely superb. So that's that's my five on the bench. No, that's cool. I'm, I love I love the two baddest to the shouts as well because you know the players I really do appreciate. But again, I I sort of felt that I could see better. But and then same with El Piero. I you know and Baggio as well is worth a mention who didn't get on the mighty. I loved Roberto Baggio as well. I was just going some, to say, some... um, sorry about Roberto Baggio. Uh, he's a player that I absolutely love, and one of my memories were of him missing that penalty in the '94 World Cup. And then I tailed off oh, and started watching Italian football and he used to play for Bologna and he was not the player that he was. So again, he couldn't make it for me, which is, I hate, I wish I had more years on me. Um, you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have to go, go back and watch Italian 90. He was, you know, he, he was he was like the big hope then, wasn't he? Mm, he really was. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was, that was his breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, he... he he was, he was a special player. I mean, another one who I, I've just missed out, he's just missed out there, would have been next on my list, who, who is probably still the best pure footballer that I've seen in the Premier League was uh, Dennis Burkamp. Yeah. Who I absolutely yeah. adored watching. I paid to watch. Oh. oh, my God. I know. He's, he still scored probably my favourite ever goal, the one for Holland. Yep. In the oh, 2000. Was it? Is it not no, the '98 World Cup yeah, against, against Argentina? Argentina yeah, in, yeah, everything, yeah. injury time, you know, the match winner, it, knockout competition, 
you know, the ball floats. Possible angle. Technique. And was it Zanetti that he beat as well? Stop he took it, it down, <laughs> took it inside, and then finished. The the technique, the the composure, yeah. it, it just oh it I absolutely adored him and I and I still do. He's it was better favorite. than Owen's. It was better than Owen's goal, hands down. It, it yeah. <laughs> oh I yeah. Agree. It definitely, definitely not just for the goal itself, but for the for the conditions. So I just want to give a special mention to him because I absolutely yeah, remember. and I agree because he could he couldn't fly anywhere, Andy. He's no use to any team because he, he was afraid of airplanes, if you recall. And every time Arsenal used to play in Europe, they used to have to send him two days earlier by boat across Europe and whatnot. Absolutely mad, Joe, my man. Who is your bench? Right, I've got Oliver Kahn as my keeper. He's my backup. He's very similar attributes to Schmeichel, I think. Um, an all-rounder, someone that um, is quick to come off his line. Brilliant at sort of commanding his box, and he makes all the saves. Really good one on one, and uh, etc. I, I really like Oliver Kahn. Um, for my defender, I've gone with uh, Nina. Mentioned him earlier, and that's Ferrara. We uh, played for Juventus and Napoli before that. Magnificent centre half. Um, almost got into my first team. Um, when I think of Juventus's solid defences from back back in the day, um, in in the sort of that era. Um, I, the first thing that sort of pops into my head is is him. He's 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 I'm magnificent and a half. I'm fist pumping. I'm fist pumping. He is. He is. I've 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 really I've I really loved him as as a defender. Absolutely rock solid. Um, and I've got Steven Gerrard on my bench as well. Nice. Um, he's my backup for either Mateus or Sunes. So one of them picks up an injury. Stevie comes on. He again box to box Stevie from the, his pomp. So we're talking mid two thousands, uh, where between I'd say between two thousand and four and two thousand and nine, Stephen Gerrard was was absolutely phenomenal. Um, we all know the 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 O five run and and the O six run where he was just 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 on a on a different level. Something we've not seen in in a red shirt um, before, and probably won't see it since that sort of rampaging. Um, sort of take the game by the scruff and they can just dominate opponents as, as Gerard did. So he's on my bench. Also, I've got Zico on my bench who um, is backing up Maradona as my number 10. Um, Zico is um, is one of my favourite players. I mean, one of my favourite teams is the Brazil 1982 team. I don't remember watching it live because I was too young at the time, but I've seen it a million times on video. Um, my dad bought me a, a, a Brazil videotape um, I think in the in the build up to the 1990 World Cup, and it had sort of Brazil's World Cup history on it. And I watched 1982 highlights over and over and over and over again. And and Zico was just magnificent. I remember him scoring um, a, a free kick against Scotland, but he curled it into the top corner. I remember an overhead kick as well in that tournament, and probably the best through ball you've ever ever seen against Argentina. I think in the quarterfinals. Um, in in that tournament, the 1982 tournament. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. YouTube Brazil Argentina 1982, and look at the pass he plays for Junior to score. It's the best three ball you'll ever see in your life. So I've got Zico as my number ten, my backup number ten, and just like you guys, for my my sub striker, I've gone with with the Archangel Gabriel. Yes. He is the best finisher you'll ever see. Um. I've never seen a player put the ball into the top corner as much as Batistuta. Through a one-on-one on goal, and most players will roll it into the side netting, he would fire it into the top corner or the roof of the net. 
just just had a, a brilliant shot on him. Um, do you remember um, Origi's goal against Southampton um, in the 6-1? Yes. The one where he took the ball and put it in the top mm-hmm. corner? That reminded me of Batistuta. Yes. Batistuta would score that goal routinely. Yes. <laughs> Standard <laughs> day at the office. striker. And I've often watched Liverpool play. And you know those games where we dominate and we, we can't score and we're fluffing chances. And I always say to myself, I wish we had a, a Batistuta type finisher in this side because he never he never messed around with, with, with finishing. It was most, more often than not, nine times out of ten, it was going in the top corner where the keeper couldn't save it. One of my favourite, favourite strikers. If it wasn't for Ronaldo, he'd be in my team. But, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's there as, as the backup. And, and any notable uh, absentees that maybe just missed out to you? Everybody else has had a, had a, had a little go at it. Anybody else you'd notable mention? Um, well, he's my notable mention. Well, Del Piero is one of my favourite players. Um, um, I used to love... He, he was one of the best at the double drag back, which is my favourite skill in all of football. The double drag back is the best skill ever. Um, and I just love the way he used to execute that skill. His penalty taking was the best you'd ever see. Yeah. They were more often than not curled into the top corner. He's just really, just a brilliant player. I remember when when Baggio left Juventus, and you know, this this young guy came on the scene, and he looked similar to Baggio in, in terms of his features. And it's just uncanny that he was he was as good as him, if not if not better. I don't know. It's, maybe it's controversial to say he was better than Baggio, but I, I was I, I was a Del Piero fan. I I, I really liked him. I think injuries didn't else, help him, did they? I mean, he know, he was talked yeah. up and then he got injured fairly young and then he, he he wasn't quite able to shake off them demons of being the next Baggio, but he's still a phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. And there's another player who I wouldn't put in my world list, but I think I'd love to give him a mention because I reckon he's really underrated and that's Yuri Jokaev. Yes. Who played yes. the inter-team <laughs> with, with Ronaldo. And I loved the way... Joe Kaif and Ronaldo linked up in that inter team. I, 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 it's magnificent, wicked player. I, really, I, he, and he, he didn't get. I think I don't think he ever got the credit he deserved. I think it was first. He was um. He was first team for France then as well in their sort mm-hmm. of their um best yeah. era. I, I, rem- um, I remember I back in Euro '96. Sorry, Joe. I'll just say. Yeah. I remember back in Euro '96, and the talk then was of Zidane, and but Zidane hadn't really hit his pomp with France and I thought Jokaev overshadowed him for France at yeah. that time that he was Definitely. special yeah he was a really special player I didn't know what, whatever, what happened to him after Inter did he retire after that or did he sort of go to sort of a lesser club or never know what he happened to him involved, after, he? after it. oh yeah he did didn't he oh yeah big big Sam signed him <laughs> he was your typical Sam Allardyce player wasn't he JJ Acocho. Really? Well, to be honest, big, big, big Sam. I don't believe we're we're talking about Schwerbel now for the first time, and Sam Allardyce is getting a mention. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just one, one last um, notable mention for me has got to be Raúl as well. Yeah. You know, at his at his prime, he was sensational. He, for Real Madrid at his prime, he was absolutely sensational. And his goal records are still, you know, they're just starting to be surpassed. You know, he, mm. he was incredible footballer. Not just a striker, a goal scorer, but a footballer. He was incredible, I thought. Well, can I give my honourable shout? Um, we were talking about great defenders and we all kind of went down the Italian route or players that played in Italy. But, 
you know, two that played in Spain that I absolutely loved was one Fernando Hierro, who I absolutely adored as a young girl, and more recently Carlos Puyol, who I thought was like the old school defender in the modern game. I, yeah, I, hard I, to argue with. Hard to argue with. Yeah, and in terms of a, because I didn't mention any Germans, but the first German I fell in love with was Oliver Bierhoff. Loved him at Udinese. I thought it was phenomenal, but couldn't make my team for obvious reasons. Yeah. Klinsman was better though. Yeah, but again, yeah, I missed yeah, him. Prime, I, yeah, prime, I, prime Klinsman was. He yeah. was a fantastic footballer. I, great I, mind as well as it's turned out. He's great mind for football. Absolutely, I agree with you. But again, I missed him. This is the curse. See. Oh, you missed You're the youngest. <laughs> I like this pod. We should do this more often. I feel like a zygote, and I'm sharing the talking? airwaves with fossils and dinosaurs. <laughs> Are we, are we turning this into an all-time uh, 23-man squad? <laughs> I'll stop now. That's me done. My honourable <laughs> mentions are done. No, indeed. We, we need to stop before we get into physios and, <laughs> and backroom staff. We'll be here all bloody night. <laughs> Listen, folks, it has been fantastic talking to you. It's been, and, and I love these teams because it's very... Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Very different from the first pod that we did. That they they are much more diverse. We you know we toyed with players, but you guys have got to actually talk about the players that we, you know the first pod had the discard, and you know the fact we got to talk about Del Piero, you know Baggio. We we need to talk about Turam as well. For me, is very bad. Batistuta as well. You know, really really deserving of of maybe the younger listeners going back and taking a bit of time and, and watching these guys because they were. A little bit special, let's say. A little bit special. Um, I- I'm going to come around the table and ask you all, what have you got on? Uh, I'll start with Nina. Um, what-, what shows have you got on? Anything you're writing, anything, doing anything, anything you want to tell us about? Well, obviously, um, I'm doing this. So thank you for having me, first and foremost. I really enjoyed it. Loved hearing uh, what the guys had to say as well. It's always interesting to comparing your 11. Uh, the Nina Casa shows back... Uh, in the new year, post West Ham, so I'll be back with that. And I think I'm recording a live of us um, between here and then. So um, uh, keep your eyes peeled on the AI channel app for all that. 
Oh, and Data Will, two of my favourite pods. Love the Liverbirds. Can't get enough of them. If you're, if you're of the Liverpool uh, point of view, go and listen to them. Uh, it's like a good cat fight. That's all I can say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, they are, they are awesome. It's all my favourite people on AI. Um, and Joe, yourself, have you got anything written or are you doing anything at the moment? Um, well, I wrote a recent Star Wars piece, and you can check that out on the app or, or, or on the site. Um, the Attack of the Clones um, version. <laughs> well, well, my take on Attack, on Attack of the Clones. Um, so check that out if you if you fancy having a laugh. I'm in the middle of writing another piece as well. Um, so hopefully I can have that ready in the next couple of days. Um, it's a fan culture piece, uh, so it's a bit different. Um, so hopefully um, that's well received. But yeah, look out for that in the next couple of days as well. That's cool, no problem. Uh, Andy, yourself, have you got anything uh, ongoing at the minute, and when's your when's your next pods, etc.? Uh, well, I, I also did uh, a Star Wars piece uh, about the Force. Um, I'll just I'm get ba- I'm in there. People in Star Wars, I, I don't watch that. <laughs> well, I, I, I did the um, we I did the the two pods with Gags and Joe Simpson as well. The movie, the AI and movie night ones on Star Wars, and that was that was great fun. It really was. For a movie that I've loved since I was a kid, and now my kids love it, so that was great. But uh, I've got a new uh, Reds review getting recorded in a few days' time, so I've got a couple of very good guests lined up for that one. So, uh, yeah, just keep uh, keep near out for that one. It should be good. Ah, good luck with that one. Maybe after the, after the past month, uh, you, you might need it. Uh, I'm more a Trekkie myself for all of these Star Wars things. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I wish I could get it. I've tried to, I've tried to watch them. Just, I just don't get those movies. Um, as for me, it's James T. Kirk or nothing. But listen, folks, <laughs> time has marched on us as it always does. And, uh, I'd just like to thank the panel. Superb guests this evening. Thank you so much for taking the time over the Christmas period to be on. Totally appreciate the time. Totally appreciate the effort of putting the teams together. And it's been a magnificent listen. Um, as I said earlier, we are going to be recording another one of these, um, on the 30th. So it should be out with you. It'll be out with you New Year's Eve, get you over the New Year period. Maybe, uh, something to ease the hangover with on the first uh you know uh we've got some real sort of old school people coming on so uh it'll be it'll be a diverse one if nothing else uh so again i'd just like to thank one final time the guests and again yourself the listeners thank you so much for your support throughout the year tell everybody about us get us get them to subscribe to us on itunes or again we're, we're on the the aip app um download away Keep us popular. We're building, we're growing. And just thank you to to the guests final time. And thank you for everybody for listening. It's good night from me. March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.